Hello and welcome. I'm Pastor Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 90, titled, What Must I Do to Inherit Eternal Life? The title of this message comes from a young man who runs up to Jesus with an eager question, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Let's listen to the conversation from Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad, because he had great wealth. So we see here that there were admirable things about this man. He was eager. He ran up to Jesus. He was young. He had his whole life ahead of him. He was rich, and he would have many opportunities. He was a religious man, having kept commandments. We would admire this man, and truly Jesus loved him. Jesus called his attention to God. Jesus knew what was between him and God, and he encouraged him to make the change and follow him, just as he does with each one of us. Jesus gave him a rich promise in verse 21, and you will have treasure in heaven. This was a reality check. He had many possessions. I'm going to unpack this passage and let it reveal to us five realities of a faith relationship with Jesus. Number one, Jesus sees and knows us deeply, our thoughts, our hearts, and motives. John chapter 2 verse 25 tells us, He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. You've never been known better than the way Jesus knows you today. Let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Number two, Jesus loves us. It seems like that wouldn't be true since he knows us so well, but he does love us. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Number three, Jesus was clear with the man in the passage, just like he is with us. But there was something preventing him from following Christ, and it wasn't his knowledge or religious practice. It was his riches. If we were in the young man's shoes today, what would Jesus tell us to give up or give away? 
whatever it is that stands in our way of a relationship with Jesus is not worth losing that connection with him. Number four, Jesus wanted him to follow him. Whatever his failings, he was still invited. So are we, no matter our past or present. Number five, Jesus was saddened. The young man went away grieving because he was unwilling to follow Jesus on his terms. Since Jesus loved him, we can conclude he was saddened by this young man's choice. But the young man was sad as well. When we encounter the teachings of Jesus, do we walk away grieving or are we willing to submit to him? Some decisions are hard. We should be honest and admit that choosing to follow Jesus is the greatest blessing, but it isn't the easiest choice. Jesus explains in Mark chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Verse 23, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus offered the rich young man treasure in heaven, which he lacked, but his faith was in his treasures on earth. Let's listen carefully to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But stir up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When Jesus called this young man to give up his money, the man started to grieve, because money was for him what the father was for Jesus. It was the clear center of his identity. To lose his money would have been to lose himself. For him, his money was his treasure and the location of his heart. What hard decisions for Christ have given you a struggle? For some, it's wrestling with being baptized. A simple process, a beautiful event, a joyous occasion, but yet for some, a struggle. 3,000 were baptized the day of the first preaching of the gospel. Why would we walk away from that? For some, it's simply trying to serve two masters. Money, we are told, is a master. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So again, what is the struggle that you allow to compete with following Jesus? For some, it's a dual commitment to the world one moment and Christ the next. For some, it's the worship of self or modern day idols. Still others, it's the struggle with the sin they really don't want to part with. Mark chapter 10, verse 26 and 27. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? 
Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Even with our greatest efforts, our salvation is still an act of God's grace and to his glory. One reason why God's grace is so amazing is he keeps wanting us to follow him when we have chosen other things over him over and over. God's patience is amazing. You see, Jesus is willing, but the young man walked away grieving. So in review, using today's passage, ask yourself, if Jesus gave us a reality check, what would it be? Remember, Jesus sees and knows us. Jesus loves us. Jesus is clear with us. Jesus wants us to follow him. Jesus is sad when we walk away. What is the one thing you lack when it comes to your commitment to God? What hard decisions do you need to make? The young man asks, what can I do to inherit eternal life? That's a good question. We should ask the same question and accept the invitation of Jesus to follow him. Near the end of his gospel, Mark has a resurrected Jesus giving the disciples the message to share with the world. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Jesus told the young man, you lack one thing. If Jesus said that to you, would it be hard to imagine what the one thing might be? How do you think you would go about identifying the one thing that stood in the way between you and Jesus? Let's pray. Father, thank you for arranging our time today to hear your word and consider what Jesus would be referring to if he told us we lacked one thing. Lord, please tell each one of us the one thing or things we lack that stand in the way between us and you, the things we allow to compete with our faith in you. Thank you for your love and your grace and your gift of eternal life made possible by your son, Jesus. Strengthen us, Father, with a willing heart to embrace your word and share your word with others by faith and obedience. Through Jesus Christ, amen.